everyone. Welcome to the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, you know, we're getting back into, uh, I know we had our Q&A session last, um, last podcast, and uh, it went pretty well, but we're going to get back into things here and uh, get back to our series on teaching about some of the Old Testament uh, leaders of the Bible. We went over David and uh, had a good experience with that. Now we're going to move on to Samson. Uh, Samson's a unique character in the Bible. It's kind of a uh, Kind of unique to himself in a way. He uh, uh, he comes out of the the book of Judges. For uh, those of you that aren't heavily into the Bible study, the book of Judges talks about a time in the um, Old Testament history of the Jewish people, right, where you have uh, Genesis that talks about the beginning, and then when you get into Exodus, where you talk about the um, the Jewish people uh, and their exodus from Egypt and out of slavery into into the land that God promised them, right? And uh, you get into to Deuteronomy, and you get into the time of Moses and Joshua, um, you know, leading where Moses isn't allowed into the promised land, and then Joshua is the, the leader taking them into the promised land. Um, and after that time comes the book of Judges, basically the time when Joshua is done leading the Jewish people, and it's a time when six six major judges over the course of the book of Judges uh, are essentially leaders of leaders of the Jewish people, and they, um, they go through cycles of the, uh, the Jewish people listening or one with God, and life is good. They fall out of favor with God because they start not listening. They get taken back into bondage by uh, different, different other powers in the area, um, and then uh, they have to suffer for a while until they, they come back to the Lord, and another judge is found, and he leads and judges the people of Israel until they fall short again. And it's a cycle through six. And Samson is the sixth of the judges before we get into the dynasty mode of, of the Old Testament where we start having kings, right? Um, Saul, David, Solomon, so on and so forth. Um, that being said, in uh, the story of Samson is in the book of Judges chapters 13 to 16, right? And at the time of the story, they were under uh, 40 years of oppression from the Philistines. Right, simple, you know, like we talked about that that cycle in, in the Old Testament Old Testament narrative. Um, Samson's dad was a guy by the name of um, Manoah, and his wife they couldn't have kids. And one day, um, an angel came to his wife, uh, telling her that she would become pregnant, and that uh, the baby would help uh, deliver Israel from the Philistines. Uh, that being said, he gave her some some rules essentially that she had to follow. She had to not drink any any alcohol or eat any unclean food. And, uh, she has to follow what they call Nazarite, uh, rituals, which is basically that and not cutting of hair. Um, and if she did that, and if she raised her son the same way that her son would have great powers and be able to, to lead Israel out of a bondage from the Philistines, Philistines. Uh, so, um, she winds up becoming pregnant and, uh, everything, everything works out. Uh, with that, the baby is born. She follows these rituals, and as he grows, um, he gets filled with the Spirit of the Lord. And he becomes really strong, really powerful. He can do all these really amazing things. Um, so as uh, Samson grew up, um, the first real look at Samson in a negative light that we see in the story is that he is uh, decides that he wants to marry a Philistine woman from the town nearby. And his parents are really upset about it. They don't. They don't see why. But he basically just says that she looks good, and he wants to marry her. That that was his. I'm Samson. I'm the man, and uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. So uh, that's what I want, right? So they go. 
they go from their town to to her town to go and, and pursue her and marry her. And when they when they're on this trip, at some point, um, Samson is separated from his mother and father. He winds up getting attacked by a lion. And uh, obviously, Samson has been living his life right, and he has all this strength. He winds up ripping the lion's jaw off, just killing him. Ah, like it's nothing. It says like, I believe it says it was like a baby goat, is what it says in the, in the actual story. Um, he rips it off and he hides the body. Doesn't tell, doesn't tell anybody about the lion attack, right? And they go, and when they get there, um, you know, they're in the middle of doing their negotiations for marriage and everything, like in the Old Testament customs. And uh, he winds up uh, meeting these uh, young Philistine men, and he gets a wild hair up up his butt. It basically says that uh, I want to make money off of these guys. I want to get some wealth. So he bets them a large sum. I can't remember. I think it's like 30 garments, I think is what the story says, um, that they could not solve this riddle that he came up with. And they um, and they have like a week to do it. And uh, he basically tells them a riddle where the answer is a lion. You know, and actually he goes back in the story and looks at the lion, and the lion is filled with, the, the lion carcass is filled with honey. So the answer to which he ate some, which he wasn't supposed to do, and gave some to his family, also knocks on old Samson. Um, the His idea, though, being that because he's the only one that knew about the lion, that no one else would know about the lion and the honey. So he, he tells them this riddle, and they have seven days to figure it out, and these guys are frantic. They're trying to figure it out, and they can't. So they eventually go to his uh, new bride and says, hey, if you don't tell us the answer to this riddle, we're going to kill you and your father. They essentially say they're going to lock her in a house and burn down his father's house, right? Um, and so obviously she's distraught and she keeps bugging him and pestering him and pestering him to try to get the answer to the riddle. And he won't tell her. He won't tell her. Finally, the last night, he tells her. And when uh, when he tells her, she goes and obviously tells them and the men and run tell him. And uh, Samson is pissed, right? Because this is kind of, you know, everything we see so far is kind of Samson's nature, right? I do what I want to get what I want. I'm strong, you know. God's got my back. I do what I want. So he's mad. And uh, what's he do? He goes out and uh, I think it says he kills like 30, 30 Philistine men to gather the the uh, bet, the wager that he has to pay off, right? And he pays these people off. Um, and it's really, it, it kind of shows Samson's uh, interpersonal nature through the matter, right? Uh So when he did, when he finds out that um, they did this and he uh, and uh, and he pays them off and he leaves for a while he's pissed so he leaves his wife there and he uh, goes back home with his parents and he's there for a while well eventually it says in the story he wants to go back to get his wife he's ready for his uh, husbandly uh, you know duties uh, to be physical with his wife and he goes back to go get her well the father of the wife won't let him see her. And he's, he's pissed, and uh, he basically tells him, he said, I thought you were never coming back, so I already gave her away to marry someone else. She's not here. He tries to appease her and say that he'll give the youngest daughter back or the youngest daughter to him, but he's pissed. He wants his wife. So Samson does what Samson does, and he uh, says he does this crazy thing with these foxes and foxtails and essentially burns down all the Philistines' harvest as payback for losing his wife. Well, now the, the Philistines are, are pissed off, and they um, decide that they're going to kill Samson and his wife 
or I'm sorry, not Samson. Yeah, he's going to kill Samson's wife and Samson's father, father-in-law, as uh, paybacks for losing their crops, which they do. Right. So Samson is distraught at this point, and uh, he winds up um, he winds up going into hiding because of uh, you know the Philistines still want to kill him too, and they wind up that. Uh, the, the Philistines start attacking the Israelites and they find out that um, Israelites find out that Samson's holed up in a cave and they go to him and basically say, Hey, we have to give you to the Philistines. The Philistines rule over us and they're killing us. And we need to, you know, we got to turn you in, you know, they're not going to stop till you're dead. And he, he says, okay, well just promise me you won't kill me. And you tie me up and give me to the Philistines. So they promise they tie him up and they take him to the Philistines. Um, well, at this point, um, Samson, still filled with the Spirit of the Lord, uh, decides that he's going to break free of those, uh, that bondage, and uh, he picks up a donkey's jawbone. This is a, a donkey's jawbone, and uh, kills about a thousand people, a thousand Philistines of the 3,000 man army that came to kill him, right? Complete slaughtering. And uh, basically, they run in terror because they all don't want to get killed by a donkey jawbone, which I don't blame them. And, uh, and Samson is once again the hero, right? For. Israel delivering them from the Philistines, right? Just a Philistine killer. And, uh, you know, uh, he's back to, to living his life. I think it says in there that he judges over Israel for 20 years. And, uh, at some point in there, he decides that he wants to go to Gaza for a hooker, right? Wants to, wants to go to Gaza for a hooker. And he, um, winds up the Philistines find out that, that Samson is there and they decide that they're going to wait for a trap and spring a trap to catch him uh, at the city gates in the morning when he goes to leave. And uh, Samson, for whatever reason, maybe realizes he's in a trap. Maybe he's, you know, gets alerted by the good Lord, whatever the case may be. He decides to get up and leave in the middle of the night and he actually winds up sneaking and says he basically breaks down the city gates and takes it with him um, and gets out of there. Right. So once again, he was saved, and uh, even though he wasn't necessarily doing something right, he was still saved, still that person, right? So you can see there's a there's a theme here in Samson's story where Samson doesn't necessarily do right. He does things that the Lord uh, intended him to do, but he doesn't mean he's living his life right here. He's the kind of the farthest thing from it. Um, eventually, he winds up in, uh, you know, biblical scholars uh, argue whether Delilah herself was a prostitute or not, but it doesn't say at least in the scripture that I read, it doesn't say that uh, she was. It just says that he falls in love with a woman named Delilah. Um, but, you know, Delilah is tempted um, by the Philistines. They they offer to pay her, I think it's like 1,100 pieces of silver, if she'll deliver Samson to, to the Philistines. And uh, Delilah, you know, she's in love with, or she's pretending to be in love with Samson, and she's, you know, trying to figure out how he has his strength and he keeps telling her these stories, right? Like if you, you know, if you wrap me in these guitar strings and burn them, then I'll lose my strength. And, uh, you know, she keeps trying these things and it doesn't work. Uh, and then eventually he gets tired of her pestering and saying that she doesn't, you know, that he doesn't love her because she doesn't, he doesn't trust her and all this stuff. And he eventually tells her my strength comes from my hair. Uh, you know, I've never cut my hair. That's why I'm so strong. Well, um, she gets him to, fall asleep with his head in his lap and a servant comes in and cuts some of his hair and he immediately loses his strength. The Philistines come in and capture him. When they capture him, 
they actually gouge out both his eyes and they take him to uh, Gaza where he's chained in a grain mill and is forced to, to push the mill and grain grain. That's his uh, sentence for his life, right? Um, so it's like that for a while, and the, the Philistines decide that they're going to have a um, celebration to their god, who I cannot remember their, his name in the story. Um, and they have this big temple, and they have a big festival, and like all the Philistines are there. It says like 3,000 of the Philistines are there, and they're packed in. They're on the roofs. They're hanging out. They're everywhere. And uh, they decide that they want to parade in Samson as kind of, a, you know, a good fortune thing and to, to show their God that, you know, that their God wins and, you know, that uh, Israel and Israel's God is defeated. So they bring Samson in these chains. But what no one thought about was the whole time Samson was pushing grains, his hair grew back, right? So Samson comes back in and he's, he's exhausted. He's defeated. And he basically just asked the, the guards if he can lean up against one of the pillars because he's, he's exhausted, right? And while he's there, he decides, he prays to God for one last opportunity for strength, one last time to be able to, to, to do his work. And God restores his strength. The Spirit of the Lord is, fills him back up, and he actually p- pushes these two pillars over that tramples the whole building, the whole building topples over, kills all the Philistines and himself, and in turn, delivering Israel from the Philistines, right? So I know that was a long story, and you know I was trying to walk my way through it, but I want to get to the takeaways of why some of these things are so important. Um, so for one, because I try to disconnect my phone from the laptop here so we don't have that again. Um, for one, there's, there's a huge amount of... Um, there's a huge amount of similarities to uh, the birth of Samson and actually the birth of Jesus, right? So we have an angel coming to the mom. Both the moms can't have kids. Um, there's uh, a few a, a few others here that are slipping my mind as my phone is going crazy for some reason. I'm not even that popular. I don't understand what's going on. Um, so, but but these similarities and it just shows you the way God works that um, he 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 has this way of doing things where he makes. He makes things that shouldn't happen, happen, you know, or he makes things that, you know, there's a, uh, in the case of Mary, it was a virgin, you know, that we're going to give a baby, not someone that doesn't have it, but that's similarities with not being able to have children with Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and the, and the birth of a nation, right? So there, um, the, the similarities in these things just show you that, that when, when God works, he has a method, he has a method to what he's doing. Um, let me talk about, um, lust. So lust if you go back through the story and look at all the things bad that happen happened to Samson and uh, all that, they all derive from his own lust. His first wife, he wanted her not from his own people, but he wanted her because she looked good. You know, he almost got caught because he went to go be with a prostitute. Delilah simply conned him into, into getting caught with her beauty, right? His lust got him. And what was the price? The price... The price was his eyes. The Philistines gouged his eyes out. Now, why is that such an important role, right? Well, we look back at um, what Jesus said to us as he was teaching us on this earth. And as I pull up my highlights in my trusty Bible app, Matthew 5, Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, 28, 29 say, But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman 
with lust, has already committed adultery with her, with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So I, what I take from this in that story is that God, God knew that, God knew that Samson was not going to be able to do that on his own. So he helped take care of it for him, right? And it just, it just shows you that it was better. Samson was then able to, after his slavery and everything, then missing what, what was costing him everything, his lust, he was still able to fulfill God's mission. You know, it's pretty powerful that even when uh, we cannot take away what we need to take away to do God's mission, that God will do that for us. I also apologize if my throat's starting to sound bad, folks. I had throat surgery last week, and I did film one episode to or record one episode to, to make sure I'd be able to get through recovery, but I probably should have done two. And uh, this will probably be the first time I talk for 20-some-odd minutes straight uh, in weeks, so uh, I appreciate you bearing with me. You know, and the final and the final thought I want to put across with uh, the story of Samson is even though Samson's life looks like a failure on the surface, right? He time and time again uh, messed up and uh, you know did not did not look at it the way he thought. Like I'm sure when he was blind and pushing that grindstone, that um, you know when he was blind and pushing that grindstone, that he could have he he was a failure. You know, he was supposed to deliver Israel from the Philistines, and now he's just a slave in a, in a grind mill, in a grain mill. You know, you'd have to feel like a failure. But what, what we see as failure, God doesn't see as failure, because uh, did God fail in that situation? When that angel told Samson's mother that he would be the one to deliver Israel from the Philistines, did he lie? The answer is absolutely not. He didn't lie. You know, the Philistines still got destroyed in the temple and, and Samson still did what he was supposed to do. That, our God doesn't fail. Our God doesn't miss. Our God is the God that moves mountains, and created heavens and earth. He doesn't fail. So the big takeaway I take from that is that if we ourselves, even though that we are not always built and capable to do everything that we think God has called us to do in our lives, doesn't mean that it won't happen with God's help. It might not be how we see it. It might not be how we want it, but it's going to happen because it's God's will. And that's the biggest message I want to put across to everyone today is that if you don't feel like you're up to what God has called you in your life, I, I tell you, do not, do not be disheartened by that. Do not fear that. Own, own the fact and proclaim the fact that your God is a mighty God and that he will take care of all things to make his will possible as long as you're willing to work with him and be guided by him and follow him all the days of your life. So let's go ahead in this bad boy in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time we have today, Lord. Thank you for those who are listening. Lord, please bless them, take care of them, protect them. Lord, please help this podcast reach all those who need to hear it. And please help to, uh, to guide us in your way to make sure that we're always deep in your word and that we're never so far from you that we're not doing your work. We pray that we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.